Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Hello, 
everybody. Welcome to the show, beautiful people. Hope you're having a fantastic day. I'm your host, Amala Epinobi. And of course, as always, we have Taylor in Nashville. What's cracking? I'm ready for our choose our own adventure day. Are we going to go here? Are we going to go there? You guys decide. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, we're going to start with reacting to a video where people are asked whether or not they think it's all right for somebody like Floyd Mayweather, we all know, the very famous boxer, to be able to compete against biological women. Let's say if he were to one day wake up and say, I now identify as female. Sometimes you go out with these just completely crazy, you know, just outlandish questions and you expect people to be quite reasonable. I have not yet seen how people respond to this question, but knowing the time that we live in, <laughs> I have a feeling there are going to be people who say that Floyd Mayweather should be able to box, aka fights, biological women. So we're going to get into that and, you know, a little into the video. We'll look at your polling and what you guys have voted that we should watch next, and we will get into the next video. But without further ado, we're going to watch this video from the YouTube channel Think Free. Uh, some guy named Matt titled, Can Floyd Mayweather Box Women If He Identifies as Female? Let's do it. If Floyd Mayweather identified as a woman, okay. should he be allowed to box other biological women? I can't answer this question. I'm going to get absolutely hated on. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Damn. Right off the top. Obviously, these are edited, right? So we don't know, like, actually the sequence of people answering these questions. But that's wild that just, like, right, <laughs> right off the top, you get somebody who's like, oh, I'm going to get canceled for even answering this question. So I'm just going to dip out and not be a part of this. And then your second group is like, yes, yes. And these are women. Mind you, these are women. I want to hear the justification. And hopefully we, we get into that. That would be a fair fight. Yes. If the organization forced the female boxers to have to compete, then yes. they had no choice. Yeah. So a uh, female boxer in his same weight class? Yes. At that point, she would be a woman. And I think it's problematic to say that a woman cannot be as strong as Floyd Mayweather. Yo. I guess. No. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's like girl boss, feminista stuff right there that you think. Just be so for real right now. Be so for real right now that no matter, I don't care if you are, you know, the strongest woman in the world, for the most part, you're not going to be as strong as your male equivalent. It's just not going to happen. We know that men are quite literally built different. They are built different. They have different capabilities and strength is, is one of those, especially if you're gonna be, you know, in the ring fighting against somebody, meaning, you know, really laying into them. You want a man to be able to do that to a woman? No, I get the feminist urge to say, well, women are just as capable as men and they can do anything that, you know, th that men do. Anything you can do, I can do better. But it's just simply not true, which is why we divide male and female sports in the first place, which is why we don't have women boxing against men professionally, typically. That's why, because we know you get your ass beat. <laughs> And did she say at that point he becomes a woman? Like if you find a woman that is yeah. the same weight as Floyd Mayweather, then somehow magically he becomes a woman. Like already it's nonsensical to argue that men and women uh, are have the same upper body strength if they are the same weight, because obviously that's not true. Just look at their skeletal structure, look at how much muscle mass they have, et cetera. But then to also say that 
if Floyd found a woman who was the same weight as him, then somehow that magically makes him more of a woman or officially a woman. It's just, what is this pretzel logic? Oh my God. Just tell me you don't understand fighting without telling me that you don't understand fighting because that is crazy. I just can't even imagine. You know, it's already, you know, I'll, I'll watch UFC fights from, from time to time because my boyfriend's really into that or whatever. And just the sheer anxiety I get watching two men who are going to have to battle like this, you know, against one another and them like going into it and starting the first round is just insane. Now imagine being a woman on one side of the ring <laughs> and Floyd Mayweather's on the other side of the ring. Uh-uh. It's just unbelievable. Okay, we're going to hear from some more people. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be reasonable ones. I don't think it's, like, fair at that point. I think my perspective is a little different because I'm in sport. I play hockey, so, like, skating and stuff, like, no way. Yes. They're automatically faster, stronger. You're saying if Based. he is who he is right now and then he tomorrow he Correct. decides. And just decided I'm a woman, I'm in a box. No. You're not. <laughs> no. I, probably not. I mean, I see both sides of the kill. argument. He would kill someone. This is, okay, that's how I feel about I it. I think, like, the physical strength, obviously, is very unfair. But uh, I'm all about, like, trans rights and everything like that and equality with, like, gender and everything. So that's why I kind of get sticky in the situation. I believe so, yes. At least she's being honest that she's like, okay, but I, I want to support this group of people as well. And in order to support that group of people, it, get, it becomes a little sticky situation. But I think at the forefront of your brain should probably be the safety of the other competitors and if you have somebody like Floyd Mayweather in the ring it's just not going to go down well and I, and I believe we've tested this with a, a fighter by the name of Fallon Fox who is a biological male who identifies as female ended up fighting another female and sort of rejoicing in the fact that he was able to I think even said I think he went as far as to say like he enjoys like crushing skulls is what he said, uh, you correct me if I'm wrong on that or fact check me on that. But we've seen it happen. And the biological male beat the woman, you know, just like hardcore. We know this is not something that should be allowed. And I think it's going to be an ongoing battle or at least conversation for quite some time. But I just struggle to think that people who are reasonable, even if for a moment they might be susceptible to the trans rights argument, they have to have in the back of their mind this idea that m women are going to get crushed, especially in sports like, you know, fighting, UFC. It's one thing to kind of blur the lines a, a little bit and say that there are maybe certain sports where they can compete against each other. I'm trying to think of one as an example. I don't know, like sharp shooting or something. Even then, I think men have the upper hand in that sport, and that's been proven as well. But I'm trying to give credence to, like, a group of people who might be making a somewhat reasonable argument where women are somewhat close to men, and that might be something where we can all participate together. But for any other sport, it just simply doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. I, I just, I, anyways. Oh, real yes. quick. Um, yeah. When the girl mm -hmm. said that she could understand the the uh, the logic of the strength difference, and I wouldn't be support this because of that, but then she also said, "But I want to support trans rights, and I'm super pro gender equality, and all mm -hmm. of that." The, this is the problem that we're facing: is that cognitive dissonance is because the activists have made it so that you have to push down common sense, that you have to reject common sense in order to be seen as somebody who's embracing uh, equality or so-called equality or whatever. And, you know, it's 
equality is when a person of a certain sex competes against people of the same sex. Uh, when we have to do all these mental gymnastics in order to justify making people of who have uh, different physical bodies compete against other people, it's that's not equality. That's something else. Yeah, and I mean, how many sports have we already proven this in? So we had Fallon Fox. Uh which, you know, is in the fighting category. So I think we can lay that to rest for the most part. We've seen it happen in skateboarding uh, with Taylor Silverman, a biological woman who's spoken out about it. Surfing, it's happened. Uh, bicycling, it's happened. Running, it's happened. I'm trying to think, what else do we got? Uh, volleyball. Uh, and there's got to be... Weightlifting, volleyball, <laughs> <Yeah>, volleyball. <laughs> weightlifting and powerlifting, all of that, you know, we've sort of put to rest because we've seen it happen. We've seen men enter and compete against women and they just absolutely crush us. And it's OK. I, as a woman, am perfectly capable of admitting that men are stronger than me and often more capable when it comes to athleticism. And you can admit that while still thinking that men and women deserve to be treated equally or to, you know, benefit from a lot of equal opportunity. It's okay to hold those two ideas in your brain at the same time. Would that be like a fair fight? I believe so, yes. I don't think that um, biology necessarily equates to someone's skill range. I don't think it'd be safe. Yeah, no, probably not. Not that it's not fair to a uh, right. trans community, but it's just like, it's a hard situation to be in for sure. Probably not. It's probably way too dangerous. Kind of on the same page, if if the other opponent like agrees to it beforehand. Okay, well what if, what if they don't agree? What if the organization forces them to have to? Not then, okay, yeah. Then, mm. then, then you're I say no because uh, men are built different they're stronger and i just think this is not equal yeah. i think the same thing i think that there's a different strength involved and i think that you know masculinity is also a thing um I hey and she's wearing a rainbow t-shirt so shout out to her for you know clearly she can hold these two ideas at the same time i don't think that it would be a fair fight if he hadn't had anything hormonally done then i would say probably not if he went through like a hormonal regimen uh blockers of some kind what would you say then I don't know. N.A. <laughs> I think that'd be unfair for the women who train their whole lives to compete in the sport. And then you have a biological male that does transition to female and just to compete in their sport and she would win most of the titles in that, that division. And even so, you know, if you, she made the point, okay, it depends on if they've been on hormones, you know, what type of treatment they're receiving. If you are, you know, a post-puberty transitioner and you get on hormones, you still have a lot of things going for you uh, against women when it comes to sports. And we've spoken about this many a time, bone density, you know, how big your hands are, how big your feet are, your lung capacity, muscle strength. There's a lot of different things that sort of carry over even after being on hormone treatment. So it's just not in the cards for me at, at any point. And then, of course, the argument that you'll get spun is, oh, well, then we should allow people to transition prior to puberty. That way it's, you know, evening the playing field for sports, which we know is also not the right thing to do. Kids should not be able to make these decisions. So I think at one point or another, we're just going to have to accept that trans women just simply can't compete against women in their sports. And it's just a burden that you have to take on as a trans person who is choosing to transition. You got to either 
you know, give up the sport or play it in another capacity that doesn't involve, you know, essentially stealing titles from women and taking their spots and taking their accolades. And I feel like that is a small sacrifice to make. So it's so interesting that this has become such a large talking point or point of discussion when really at the end of the day, it just means, you know, you just can't play this sport the way you've the way you want to play it. And that is against women who are severely disadvantaged when compared to you. Yeah. And it's also uh, at the expense of the physical safety of women that you're competing against and their comfort in situations like the locker room, like we saw with Leah Thomas and the, the swimmers at UPenn. So those are other factors when you talk about that trade-off, like the great Tom Soul says, you know, there are no solutions, only trade-offs. And in this case, the, the, the weight of the things on the side of preserving a worldview based on biological reality, preserving a way to organize sports in a way that is fair, that is safe, that can have comfort in locker room settings and such. Uh, that, that That's very heavy on one side. And then on the other side, you have a bunch of pseudoscience and activism and people's feelings, which aren't nothing, uh, at least the, the feelings parts. But when, when we look at how we have to weigh this trade-off and make a decision that works for society and works for sports and works for safety and all this these things, then it's pretty clear what the, what the right answer is. But when people have kind of come up with this moralized narrative where you, they can't stomach the idea of discriminating because this is who these people are and, the, and that this they have their rights and we have to do this. And I heard a really good... Um, breakdown by like James Lindsay and local distance on Twitter. They were talking about the, these issues and they made this distinction between someone's um, essential identity and their social identity. And your essential identity is kind of what you are and your social identity is who you are. And what you are is where the maleness and femaleness comes into the fore. It's where, you know, maybe your height, your skin color, things like that. Those are essential parts of who you are or what you are, I should say, of mm -hmm. your identity. Um, but then who you are is more about your choices and what you identify with rather than what you identify as. And that those are more things that what your interests, your talents, your personality, that all those things come to the fore. And I think that's an important distinction to make. And what, what uh, these activists have done is kind of tried to invert those and say, uh, because this, uh, this identity, this category is immutably, you know, they try to put in that category of like, this is part of their essential identity. This is what they are. Therefore, we have to protect them when really that's a, that's a conflation. It's, it's part of who they are, you know, but it's not necessarily what they are. Biology dictates that more than their feelings. Yeah, that is really important. I think in the whole crisis of identity, the very center of it is just the confusing or the switching of those two separate categories. And it's unfortunate. And hopefully we'll work ourselves out of it and do so before Floyd Mayweather is competing <laughs> against <laughs> actual women. Uh, not that I don't I don't think he'd ever take them up on that offer, but it is definitely an interesting question. And now you guys voted in the poll for us to move on to asking black and white people the same questions. So this is a video I came across uh, by Finlay Christie, I believe. This is actually in the UK, all right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to travel over there for a bit to ask white people and black people the same questions. And I think the focus of this video is hair. So <laughs> I think I'm going to have a lot to say on this topic, which if you are a, a stranger to this show, we talk about hair a lot because in my past, a lot of my views towards racism and white people were 
up in my hair. <laughs> and if you, that doesn't make sense to you, I was taught for a long time that, you know, if people wanted to touch your hair, ask you questions about your hair, that was considered a microaggression. And I harbored that for a long time, realized that that is not at all true. It's just curiosity. And that there are, in fact, lots of differences between black and white hair. And maybe we will learn some today in asking black and white people the same questions. Would you trust someone of a different race to cut your hair? Yeah, sure, why not? It's actually interesting you say that, because a lot of black people like yourself, they sometimes only want black barbers. Ah, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, know. I just uh, never encountered this. I don't know, it's interesting to hear that from a black perspective, like, like yourself, you know? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever had a black person do your hair, Taylor? Oh, man. Off the top of my head, I don't know. I want to say possibly, uh -huh. but uh, I, I, I literally don't remember. Yeah, I've... I can't say that I've ever had a white person do my hair. And it's not because I am against that idea. It's just that if you're going to go to somebody who does black hair, typically they're going to be a black person. It's gonna, it tends to be their forte. They were, you know, born and raised with the hair that I have. So they know how to deal with my hair. Now, we've shown on this show a white girl who can totally throw down with braids and doing box braids on black hair. And she was getting all this hate on the Internet from all these black people who said you shouldn't be able Able to do black hair it's unfair they should go to black businesses to get their hair braided how dare you take on something that's ours culturally and it irked me I gotta be so for real it irked me I if I saw a white person who could do hair and do it well and learned the trade and which is not the most easy thing to do and takes a very long time I'd appreciate that I'd be like that's dope that you're you're moving across cultures to learn something and create uh, a service that people are looking for. So I've never gone to a white person for my hair, but if they were available, <laughs> I would be there. I personally have the most lovely African woman from Cameroon who does my hair whenever I need it to be done. And uh, she is, she's so sweet, so I'm not gonna cheat on her, but you know, I'm not opposed to it. People are giving me a hard time for accidentally making a pun when I said off the top of my head in reference to uh, how I get my hair that's cut. Good, so, that's good. That's good. Normally, Taylor makes dad jokes on purpose. Uh, yes. So. Less funny. So. Um, well, you, you are black, right? I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't know. Okay. Well, what do you mean, like, black? Uh, next question. Um, uh, do you put oil in your hair? No. No, never. No? Seems a weird thing to put in your hair. No. Oil? Oil, yeah. What kind of oil? Olive oil, like coconut oil. Nah. Nah. Why not? Why would you, why? Why would you do that? Do you put oil in your hair? Yes, every Straight single on. day. Every day, every day. <laughs> yes, I do put um, oil in my hair, like literally every day. You don't want that good glow, though. Sorry? You don't want that good glow, though. <laughs> no, no, thank you. you it's so interesting. Is this something that people don't know? Like, there's not common knowledge. Is, was this, do you know that black people put oil in their hair, Taylor? Honestly, when I saw this, I was like, it, it wasn't like a complete shock, but I'm like, oh yeah, that's a thing. I felt like it's not something that was like on the forefront of my, my brain. Yeah, no, we, ha we put oil in our hair. Typically, not every black person does, but a lot of us, especially those of us who are rocking braids and natural hair, put oil in our hair. Your girl uses argan oil, coconut oil. <laughs> Maybe we need to do a lesson one of these days on um, black versus white hair in culture <laughs> because we are most definitely putting oil in our hair. Now, I do know some white people that do oil treatments on their hair, but of course, y'all don't leave that in and go about your day because you would be looking mighty greasy, like a, mm -hmm. like a greasy 
greasy rat with oil in there. Yeah, I use like matte products and like, you know, I don't know, I have like this powder stuff. Like I'd actually need to dry it out a little bit to get some texture. So that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Since I everyone guess, is so curious, I'm sure. I guess there's like small amounts of oil that you would put in your hair if you were white. You could probably get away with. But I imagine you would, it would look very greasy if you put oil in your hair. But it just makes our hair like shine. It kind of absorbs it on <laughs> I love that we're doing a lesson on this right now. Anyways, we're gonna continue. You don't want that good glow though? Nah. Olive oil? Nah, no way. I don't really like feeling like oily. It just feels weird to me. Does it not get greasy? That's the point, we need it. <laughs> we, we need the grease. We need the grease. Yeah, we need, we need oily hair. You put oil on, on your head? No, should I? <laughs> Apparently that helps it grow. Think out me in. If you didn't oil up your toes and your hair, what would happen? Yeah. You'd be dry. 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 Office bag. Grey. If I'm seeing... Grey? Yes. I'm seeing Light any the form road. of dust. What does it do? It makes your hair oily. What would that do for me? <laughs> Get gel? You need to add that into Get gel? your um, oh. hair care. That is actually... Need to be doing some of this, this, these foot is he Jamaican? Yeah, you should, man. Um, no, he's it's, not. Without your feet, what oh, are you going to get? Maybe he Max, is. Bro. <laughs> really like if you're walking around your arms like a dickhead, would you be insulted if someone laughed at your hairline? <laughs> no. No. Not really. Absolutely no, I don't care. No, I'd be more than complimented if somebody thought I had one. Do I care about oh, my me. hairline? Yeah. Me personally? Yeah. Uh, I know you're not about to fire. <laughs> I'm about to fire on his ass now. But look. He's already offended. He didn't even actually insult his hairline. I'm just growing my hair out right now. So I'm just being natural. No, I wasn't I wasn't in your hairline, bro. I'm saying that like hairlines in general. Is it something trying to talk about my hairline, bro? 95% of black men care about their headline. If someone insulted your hairline, how would you take that? I've never had to even think about that still. I'm always keeping it fresh. Gosh, this is so funny. Uh, so wow. Okay, I would have thought, I would have thought this would have been a shared experience among white and black guys. I know black guys take their hairline way more serious than white men do, but I still would have thought there'd been a little bit of concern for all my receding kings out there uh, <laughs> who have a little trouble in the hair department. <laughs> But yeah, no. I mean, it's clearly like, you know, my, my hairline moved back in my, you know, early, mid to early 20s. And that's just part of life. But I guess I was a little sensitive, sensitive about it earlier on. But now I'm kind of like, you know, whatever. I just, I'm an adult. This is what happens. But I didn't know that it was like a particular thing for uh, black men to be maybe extra sensitive about it. I know people give LeBron a hard time. I saw a video of a kid uh, who's sitting like courtside at a Laker game and who was like screaming at LeBron about his hairline. So oh, no. maybe that's a good thing. It's, yeah. it's like a go-to insult, which is why I'm trying to think of like what the white equivalent is. Because if you're like a black guy who's making jokes with your friends or whatever, you're going to go after their hairline or like how they're lined up and, you know, how, what, how their hair is looking. What is the white equivalent to that? Drop that in the chat if you guys have an idea of what that is, because I don't know what that would be. <laughs> Can you think yeah. of one? Off, off the top of my head. No, I can't. <laughs> Uh, that's, uh, yeah, if you guys have anybody, let, let me know. Yeah, let, let, drop them down in the chat below. Let us know what the white equivalent is to making fun of somebody's hairline. Uh, with that, we're going to move on with the video. But I also want to put a poll in the chat as well. Should we move on to me guessing if men are gay or straight? <laughs> because they're going to do a lineup and you get to just look at them and guess. Or 
uh, UPenn students being asked, can men menstruate? Uh, the both, I'm sure, will be very interesting, but you guys can vote in the comments down below. Let's keep watching. Doesn't really bother me. I don't think it looks bad on any other guy, so why, why should I care if it looks bad on me, no. you know? I don't think a hairline's that important. No. <laughs> I agree. Not been observing that, bro. There's some hairlines like, bro. Some guys need to be arrested. Some Everybody think about hairlines. Not in the white community, they don't. He told me that. Because I can just cover mine up. Yes, you do. You care about your hairline. Yes, you do. <laughs> if somebody push your hairline right here, whether you white, black, Puerto Rican, you gonna know and you gonna be. You know what I'm saying? I need to look fresh, which could happen every week. Every week? every week, well, yeah, or every two weeks at max. Because I might wait two months before getting my hair cut again. <laughs> <laughs> Is that crazy? Two months? Okay. <laughs> what are you thinking of? Two months is Two wild. Months is very wild. How often do you get your hair cut? Uh, maybe once every six months. <laughs> once every three months. That's so Roughly. funny. But when I'm just, you know, when it's too long. I just get a cut when I'm like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I like cuts. <laughs> How do you like your steak cut? How do I like my steak cut? Mm. I actually haven't eaten steak in um, multiple years. Are you a vegan or poor? I'm usually not cool with how it looks after about 10 days. I need to stay looking fresh. I'm a musician. Mm. I perform. I can't go on stage looking dusty. For two months. Yeah. <laughs> For two months. I know some, I know some white people, who, what they do, what they do, they'll, they'll shave their head and then they'll wait till it gets long, like down to their shoulders, <laughs> and, then and then they'll shave it again. That's like six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. I don't even like... <laughs> But you guys have a lot of room. Like, your hair is straight. If it grows out, it's not super noticeable. You're kind of still looking very similar. It's not like with black people. If you go and get a fade or lined up as a black person and your hair starts to grow out, it's quite, it's very obvious that the lines aren't lining up anymore or that the, the fade's not quite there anymore. But white people have a lot of room to let their hair grow out. That's why you can wait like two months six months without looking super crazy yeah i'm team like about six weeks probably maybe sometimes shorter but i think that goes along with the previous thing about the hairline is somebody in the chat said well white guys can just grow bangs when their hairline goes back and that kind of covers it a right. little bit and and i guess black men can't so maybe that's why it's a little more of a sensitive thing as well did we ever figure out what the white equivalent is to insulting the hairline did anybody I think Lips? it's the, your shrub line outside your house and your yard work. Is it, is it all, uh, no. is your grass all the right length? Are your shrubs all taken care of? Are your white New Balance sneakers, you know, pristine and clean? Right. I think those are, those are the things for sure. The grass sure. is getting No, I didn't really see anything long. else. Just balding in general, people are saying, like, just calling them hue ball or That's something like that. That's so funny. Insulting your grill work. You, you grill masters out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no. That's wild. Okay, continue. I like, really go to the barbers to cut my hair either. Like, I just, I let it grow really long. Um, and then if, if it gets too long or whatever, I get bored of it, I'll just shave it all off, basically. Maybe people are just a bit more uh, mindful about how they look, innit? You and think black people look. are more mindful about how they look than white people? Uh, just, if you're, if... <laughs> look at your hair every six months. You don't give a damn. I think for us, it's a want. We want to get our hair cut, whereas you guys get your hair cut. When you, you need, need it. to. Basically. I think some people like look good with a receded hairline, dare I say, or like just yeah, 
What do you think of that, Mamu? Oh, <laughs> the reason this series is so awkward is because I have to stand up for white people. Yeah. And that's not something you should ever do. You need to look fresh. We got, because I'm going to Nan's music shoot today. So I had to look fresh for it. So I just got a trim. Whenever I'm going somewhere, I need an appointment like as close to me doing something. Like I've got an event today at work. So. See, that's something that doesn't, that doesn't happen as much in, in the white community being like, oh, I need a haircut because I'm going somewhere this, this evening. But what if it's like a big occasion though? It could be, oh, I'll get a haircut the week before. Wait, 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 wait. So if you go to your sister's wedding, you get a haircut the week before. Yeah, that would still look fine, but it's not going to look different. It would, it's not going to look different. <laughs> Say you had like a wedding coming up. Would you get it cut day off or would you maybe get it cut a few days before and sort of wait for it to grow out a bit? Yeah. Ah, Taylor. Okay, so you actually, you have an experience here. You've, you've been married. When yep. did you get your haircut before your wedding? So I got married in Nashville, but we were living in L.A. still at the time. Mm -hmm. And I had my my barber I liked in L.A. So I got my hair cut in L.A. like a few days before. I think it was it was less than a week before. But um, yeah. And then I uh, just went to the wedding with my fresh cut. Okay. I mean, I guess it wasn't that fresh, though, according to these people. So it's still OK. It's still quite that's still quite fresh. I can understand if you have white hair and you get it cut, it's going to look like it's freshly cut for like a few days anyways. Black hair, you know, it's a little different because you're cutting so close to the skin and when your hair grows out, it's very obvious. So if you were going to get married or you have a concert or something, you would do it as close to the day of as possible because that's when you're going to look, that's when you're going to look the freshest. Okay. <laughs> you guys continue to vote uh, in the, the chat. Are we doing, I guess, whether men are gay or straight next or college students answer, can men menstruate? Keep voting. Probably a few days before. Thing is, with my well, hair, sometimes I might even. <laughs> yeah, that's a good <laughs> sometimes it might even look better the week after. What about your own wedding? Answer that question. For my own wedding. Your instinct to get your hair cut the day before, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be my instinct. Dude, that makes total sense. Cause right, if you are white and you get a messed up haircut. Your hair grows, you know, it's going to be looking like a little bit more normal, like a week, two weeks later or whatever. So if you're going to be married, I would wait and get it cut, you know, a week before, two weeks before. That way it doesn't look so like blunt and weird and like just done. Because sometimes when white hair is just cut, it looks a little strange. Like it looks a little like, oh, it's a little... It, it's a little jarring. <laughs> I think that was a microaggression against me right there, Amala. I feel a little offended. I don't know. <laughs> just but no, it's right. like... Something, it's, a, it's hit or miss. Like, my wedding haircut was, like, on point. But uh -huh. same barber, different day. It could be like, oh, dude, this is whack. I need to grow this out a few days before I feel comfortable right. with it. So it's really like a, a risky proposition sometimes. And, yeah, there's, you know, you never know. It can be too, too freshly cut. Too freshly cut. Like a week before, two weeks, you'd be like, oh, that's karma. What's your hair type? I'm oh, curly. It's funny. I have curly hair. No idea. Long ish? Long ish. Sparse. Caucasian. What is your hair type? 4C. I'm pretty sure I'm a strong 4C. 4A and B. Probably a 4B. Like a 4C, 4B. 4C, 3B. Oh, I have no idea what that is, no. Do you guys not know? Okay, so this was not a shock to me at all because this makes sense. We have 
sectors for like what our hair is. My hair is 4C, which is about as far as you can possibly go with like curl and thickness of your hair. If you are have 4C hair, that means you're dealing with like a big old afro, hard to detangle, you know, crazy curl pattern or whatever. And it goes all the way back to like 1A. So which is what a lot of white people are. It's just like, you know, clean, straight, fine hair. Uh, but do you guys or have you ever met a white person who knows their actual like curl pattern and the actual number and letter? <laughs> no, I had never heard of this and I would probably be one A in that camp myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you probably are. You probably are. I don't know that I've, I've ever looked at a graph of like the straighter hair types. All I know is that I'm I'm for C and then you it gets, you know, weaker curls from from there so that's that's interesting and i almost forgot that there's there's a cultural difference there that we uh we think about hair in a little in a different sense and think about hair care in a different way <laughs> there's so many people in chat are like i've never heard of this y'all are lying this is a thing i've never heard this in 40 years can we like and we asked y'all to drop your hair type in the chat if you know it so it's getting interesting we have diversity of hair type i'm gonna pull watching. up a hair type uh hair type graph for you guys so that we can actually look at this together and we can figure out uh where your hair pattern is uh, let me see if I can get this sort of zoomed in a little bit so y'all can see. This is a fun show because we're just getting, you know, we're just getting new information. Okay. So here are your hair types. Uh, you have A1 all the way to 4C, guys. And you can find out what your hair type is. So a lot of white people are hanging out in this region, okay? Um, then you got some white people with some curly hair. They're maybe hanging out with, in this region. And typically, your your black people are over in here. And homegirl, Amla, is uh, 4C right in there. So... Discover your hair type and put it down in the chat <laughs> below. Wow. This is a great learning experience. Taylor, I'm going to say, does your hair have a curl to it if it grows out any longer? Like no, the, it's pretty straight. It's pretty 1A. Mm -hmm. Pretty 1A. Got to love that. So Taylor's all the way at the, the beginning of the spectrum. I'm all the way at the end. <laughs> This is this is polarization on this podcast. <laughs> so yeah, guys, take one more look at the graph. Uh, drop your hair type in the in the chat down below. I'm curious to to hear from all of you, and it's so interesting to me that some people just don't know about this. But why would you? Why would you? There's no reason to really uh, know about it. We're gonna continue <laughs> and keep watching. Six. What's your hair type? Uh, Tory. The numbers, the curl, <laughs> and then the letter. Ah, damn. One is a curl and one is like if the head's kind of like fine or thick. Which of these would you say you are? Okay, they're picking. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Two A. Oh, Lord. Lord. <laughs> oh, is that Lord? Yeah. I, was thought, I thought you were saying, oh, Lord, as in like, oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually a picture of Lord. She got famous when she was 16 for singing a song about being broke. I don't know. She's like, oh, Lord in her yeah, year. absolutely. <laughs> Do you ever go to a hair store? Um, hair store? What's a hair store? Don't think I've ever been to one. <laughs> no. Do you go to uh, hair shops? That's I do. So funny. Yeah, but they tend to be owned by Asians, so. Okay, so true. Like that. <laughs> Rah, boy. I, I don't even know. I don't know why she said it like that, but it's actually so true. Have you guys ever been to a hair store? Drop that down in the comments below. <laughs> and I don't mean like Sally's 
although that does technically count as a hair store. We can count that. If you've been to Sally's, that counts as a hair store. Taylor, have you been to a hair store? I have not. There's really no reason for you to. You know what? Actually, I have been to a Sally's because once upon a time I used a certain product they only had there, but I have not been in like over a decade. Okay. Okay. So what he's referring to are most commonly known as hair stores is where you're going to go to, you know, buy weave extensions, wigs, things like that. Uh, And that's where we'll go to get our hair before we get it braided. So when I come on the show and I got my long braids, it's because I went to the hair store, got my little extensions, and then they, we put them in my hair. So that's a hair store. And when she says they are typically owned by Asians, I don't know what it is, but it's true. Even in the United States, apparently in the UK as well, owned by Asians, which is so funny because we covered a story on this show of uh, a, a shop out in the UK in London called Peckham Shop, and it was a Peckham beauty store, and they got this whole altercation between a shoplifter and the store owner, and the store owner was Asian. So for some reason, Asians have like capitalized on buying hair stores and selling those products to black people which i mean i respect the hustle it's a it's a booming industry these days but yeah we go to hair stores quite often depending on like how often you get your hair braided or when you get it done you're going to be in the hair store like once every once every two months once every month and a half um, we do now have a poll up, by the way, for uh, what your hair type is. So one A to C right now is 38%, two A to C, three, 36%, three A to C, 15, four A to C, 12. It's so fascinating. <laughs> yeah, seeing our diversity of hair type here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's continue. By Asians. Yes, it'd be better if it would be more of our people doing our hair. Places like Pax and all that stuff. Yeah. That's, that's the main one that everyone goes to. What's it called? Pax. Pax. P-A-K-S. Yeah. you never seen Pax? Oh, I don't... It's, it's like that's not short for something racist, is it? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's the, the name, name of the shop. It's the name of the shop. <laughs> no, 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 well, no, because... That's a good point. That's a very good point. You're assuming that... Yeah. <laughs> but it's called Pax. And it's got the green, it's a green sign and everything. Are they always owned by um, Asian dudes? Sorry, Asian Asians in general. Sorry, I don't... Yes. Sorry, are your... Do you find hair shops are owned by... Is this, a, is this like a awkward question? Is this a bad question? Yeah, I think that's a bit of a bad question if you're putting that on YouTube, quite honestly. You think the bad question is... Yeah. Why? Talk about Asians, man. Talk- <laughs> so what do you think of Asians? Great. What's your favourite type of Asian? Oh, I've really gone here. <laughs> Would you let someone of a different race do your hair? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You wouldn't mind if it was someone of a different, someone Mongolian or. No, I think a lot of people have done my hair being a different race. Would you trust a different race to cut your hair? Ooh. <laughs> no. <laughs> you see that? Uh. No. This is hurting my arm, by the way. I don't think I could because, like I said, everyone's hair texture is different and they don't know how to cut someone that has my texture hair. As long as I, I can see your work, right, and I can see that you've done similar hairstyles to mine, see, like, how you made us be able to walk into any shop yeah. and get a haircut because it says barbers. Yeah. And you just automatically think, yeah, they must be good. Yeah, I'll look at the font. Yeah, you'll yeah, probably look at the font. Oh, that's a nice font. Yeah. <laughs> Would you trust someone of a different race to cut your hair? Yeah, sure, why not? It's actually interesting you say that, because a lot of black people like yourself, they sometimes only want black barbers. Ah, Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You see? I was sort of anticipating that that answer was going to be exactly the way that it played out, because it, it, it makes sense 
in a way because it's not very common to see white people who do black hair. So I think there's still some residual from from that and I think as it becomes more and more common the the lines are going to blur a little bit as to whether or not people go to somebody of a different race to do their hair uh I would just say exactly what the guy uh prior said that I just need to see the work that you've done on black hair before like if I was going to go to somebody to cut my hair I wouldn't just go to like a, a great clips to have somebody do black hair because it's just not typical for for what they do. They don't often have people with 4C hair coming in and getting uh, their their haircut. So I would investigate and then go to to somebody. But I wouldn't have like a hard and fast rule of, no, I'm never going to have somebody of a different race do my hair. I'd just be, you know, cautious <laughs> of, of how they're going to do it. But yeah, everybody, I think, the thing is, if you go to cosmetology school, it doesn't matter what race you are. You've learned how to do white hair predominantly because that's going to be your largest customer base, probably in the UK and, you know, here in the United States. And that type of hair, whether you're white or not, is pretty, pretty common. I mean, Hispanics tend to have, you know, straight or mildly curly hair. Indian people, straight or mildly curly hair. Middle Eastern people typically straight or mildly curly hair. So that's just what you're going to be be best at so it makes sense that you got to do a little bit of a little bit of investigating i just uh, never encountered this yeah uh, i don't know i guess i don't know it's interesting to hear that from a black perspective like like yourself you know yeah i know yeah, yeah. <laughs> um well you, you are black right <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't know well, what do you mean he's like so black? uncomfortable so with say the you saw me and you, and you need a haircut and i was like oh okay i can i can i can sort you out i can fix you up I'll look at your trip first. <laughs> but the looks of it, I'm like, nah, you ain't touching my head, man. <laughs> really interesting, from my area, South London, there's a place called Slick Cuts, where it's a guy called Lively, who's an Asian brother, but obviously he's been there for ages, so you've always Asian trusted brother. him, so he's not necessarily a black don, but you know what? A man's been taught from, from experience, you know, I was there, so you know what? I, I, think, I, think I, I think I would go to a don. If I looked at him, I'd be like, yeah, my man's definitely cut another bro's hair before. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what it is? I look at it. I have to look at his swag and be like, I'd be like, <laughs> I don't know, bro. I don't know the swag. I don't know. I don't know. Do you think? I think that's all we need in that video. I love wholesome videos like that that are kind of exploring a topic, but doing so in a way that's just like fun, open, wholesome conversation. And it points out some pretty drastic differences without being abrasive or creating any sort of conflict. Like this is chill. I I'm into that. That's. <laughs> I don't know. That whole video. video felt like one giant microaggression to me, Amala. <laughs> but, uh, just for fun, we did ask you guys if you've ever been to a hair store, which is one of the questions they covered. 56% of the audience says they've never been. And a lot of you were also asking, what even is a hair store? So yeah. I know. And if you have to ask, you probably never you've been. probably never been to a hair store. There we go. Wow. We're, we're learning a lot of things today. Um, I, I've thought about this for a long time because I... So, I obviously grew up with the white side of my family for most of my life and a great struggle if you are a white parent with mixed kids or black kids is learning how to take care of their hair and to take care of it properly and I'm like somebody needs to do a course on this on like how you take care of black hair because I'm sure there's a ton of parents and as you know our cultures continue to mix and you know we're gonna have a ton of like mixed children running around. It might be nice to learn exactly how to take care of hair, what the differences are, because a lot of people just never 
never learn this stuff or never think about what what the differences are. So it's very interesting. How did we get on our poll? Where are we where are we moving on to next? Uh, the can men menstruate college students answering that question is what won. It was about a 56% uh, majority wanted that. So okay. I guess that's where we'll go. Okay, we're going to move on to this next video. Can men menstruate? UPenn students versus streets. Let's watch. Any men who have a uterus could menstruate. A man has XY. You're incorrect because we're talking about anatomy, biology. Like if you were to have surgery, they need to know what sex you are. The kid go to school, what he's going to believe? What they tell him? He doesn't know what is a mortgage. He doesn't know what is interest rate. After he went to college again, he doesn't know nothing. Can I just pause and say, I love this accent. This is one of my favorite accents to exist. I don't know what it is about it, but every time I hear an accent like this, I'm I'm at ease. I love this About accent. life. But he know that a man can get pregnant, yeah. What's going on, everyone? James Klug here. Today I'm in Philadelphia, and we're going to be asking college students if men can menstruate, and then we're going to ask the same question to average people on the street. This should be pretty interesting. Let's go talk to some people. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, intro. The intro is Huge introing. Shout. Okay. To our friends over at Allegiance Gold for sponsoring this video. Can men menstruate? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. This is a scary question. <laughs> yes. 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 I would say yes. No. Wow, it's bold. No. What do you think? <laughs> no. Yeah, I'd yeah. say so. We're not going to answer the question. Why is that? I feel like you're you're trying for us to say something controversial, but we're not going to get involved. Is it? Okay, so it's a controversial question? I don't know. Can men menstruate? Can men what? <laughs> no. <laughs> No. Okay, man, what? <laughs> man, we not we don't think like that. And it's only two genders. We don't, don't think, think like so. that. No. Not that we're aware of. No, not that I'm aware of. I cry. I, I don't think it's possible. Based. No, not that I know. <laughs> no. Yes. No. Oh, the laugh. I don't know. No. Yeah, I'm not. No. 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 What do you guys say? You guys are struggling with this one. Ellie, you want to answer this question? Can men menstruate? She says she doesn't know. You I'll don't think about it. I'll think about we'll, it. We'll, we'll be back. Okay, you'll think about it. I can understand not wanting to be a part of this because then it's like you say the wrong thing. You're at this college where everybody's super progressive, and then they're all over you for forever because you said you know two words in a video that goes viral on the internet. But it's just so crazy. Again, it's the same thing with the Floyd Mayweather one. It's just like how is there so much variance? In, in answer to something that is just wholly obvious. It's wild. And th from people who are supposed to be 
receiving higher education. They're supposed to be moving up the ranks and they're saying that men can menstruate. Yeah, and it kind of shows you how much power the little minority of people who are very vocal about their beliefs on this issue, uh, how much power they have and how much they've been able to institutionalize this narrative in culture, in academia, where good people believe that men can menstruate, that trans women are women. And so because of that, if you don't agree, you are somehow going to face social consequences. You're going to be thought of as a bigot. You're going to be thought of as a transphobe. And you can just see the, the hesitation in these people's voices to just similar. It echoes the, the thing we saw in the very first video about the Floyd Mayweather question. People are just having to push down their common sense and just intuitions about truth and reality and deferring to this imposed reality that has been placed on them by a very vocal minority of people who occupy positions of cultural and institutional influence in uh in the western world and it's just crazy to see that the how how people will just tiptoe uh around what the what they know to be true uh, to defer to this ideology. Yeah, and you got to think it's going to maybe get better with age. That seems to be something that even two minutes into this video, you can notice pretty clearly. The older among us are pretty, you know, cut and dry, straight to the point when it comes to an answer to this question. Oh, no, I, you know, they can't do that. Or even if their thought is, yes, they can, I imagine they're going to be pretty straightforward about how they feel. And maybe there there's an anxiousness that comes with youth and answering these questions and just knowing the general culture surround having the wrong answer to this question uh, in, in the court of public opinion. So there's hesitancy, but it's just scary. But, you know, I have to convince myself they're going to grow out of this and become more comfortable in their opinions as time goes on. You just hope things don't get too crazy before that point. I mean, he knows. Is this a difficult question? It's a difficult question to answer. Yeah, it's very. It's a lot of ambiguity. I think it's a. Why is it a difficult question? He answered it pretty um, I quickly. I don't think there's a lot of clarity. You know, nowadays. <laughs> it's a yes or no thing. Go. No. I mean, yeah, yeah. What do you I think? They can. Yeah. I, think they I think they can. They I think can. Men, men can menstruate. Yeah. yeah. And why is that? Because I think that some people that have uteruses um, can identify as men and identify with the gender identity of male. I also want to point out another thing. Why? Why is it women who are constantly the ones validating these points of views? I swear, if you broke this up by gender and asked the same question, it's women who are going to be carrying the torch for this idea and saying that men can menstruate by and large. It just, it's like I'm trying to, I'm trying to be a feminist, at least in the, you know, old traditional sense of the word that we deserve, you know, equal opportunity. And we are, you know, just as capable, although different when compared to men. But you guys are making it hard. <laughs> you're making it hard to represent. You're making it hard to stick by you when you say things like this and you are constantly the group pushing this sort of ideology. It's why? Why is it always young women with this stuff? We're too, too open-minded and our brains are falling out. That's what it is. And why do you say yes? Because I do. You do. And I'm a man, so. I think they can. Gonna tell I think her. men are allowed to express their expressions and their emotions if they want to. It's really healthy. I think they go through mood swings as much as women do, so. It's the second time we've gotten that answer. <laughs> really quick, do we know what menstruate means or no? Oh, is that, is that not what I think? Can men get their periods? Yeah, 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 I know. Like, oh, you mean bi biologically? Y yes. Well, no. <laughs> biologically, no. We don't mean physically, you mean like... Yeah, no, more like just like the symptoms. 
Have you ever gotten your period before? No. Uh, no. No. You've never experienced it? I haven't experienced it? No, nah, I never experienced it. <laughs> that I know of. <laughs> I don't want to- My love is love. <laughs> be involved in this <laughs> it's, it's a lot of genders, and men definitely can get period, yeah. <laughs> yes, men can get pregnant. <laughs> I know a guy that got pregnant. <laughs> And I have a friend that gets period on a regular basis. I somehow don't, don't I believe I support you. the LBGQ uh, all day long. Okay? I think He's men have periods of times that they get in their moods and it's like, oh, okay. I talked to her about this. I feel like we do in a way because we have parts of the month where we get very emotional. You know, like we feel like it's our time. Like we should be loved. We should be held. You know, we want to be the one that backs up in the bed, you know, and get, and get held. You know, we don't want to always be the one that has to lay on the back, you know, and stuff like that. Dude is just describing having emotions and saying that equates to menstruating. You literally just described normal human emotions, which are very different from having a monthly cycle. It's just, come on, y'all. And it's the same thing with the Floyd Mayweather, like the girl who said, oh, well, I think women can be just as strong as men or whatever, or I feel like men have just as many mood swings as women do. Be so for real right now, because it's not true. And even, even if you wanna say, yeah, men have emotions and they go through mood swings, of course, okay, whatever. Everybody has ups and downs when it comes to the way they feel and how they are emotionally. Biologically, Men and women are very different. We exist, uh, women who I'm talking to right now, or if you're a female listening to this right now, we exist on a 28 day cycle, meaning our like lives and you know feelings, how we're doing biologically is dictated by that cycle that ha is split into phases that we go through essentially week by week. And for the most part, you can be, you can predict a lot of the way that you're going to feel based on the tracking of that cycle and keeping up with where you are at within that 28 days. Whereas men kind of have this little thing that goes, you know, each 24 hours, they live on like a 24 hour cycle, which makes way more sense for how it is that they act in comparison to us and how we move throughout the world. So no, men do not have a, a time of the month where they're going through you know, symptoms similar to menstruation. It just doesn't happen. You might have a boyfriend that, you know, one week out of the month starts freaking out on you, but I venture to say that's for other reasons that have nothing to do with menstruation and you should look into that. But it's, yes, it's quite possibly a mental health issue there. But as somebody who's been married for the last two years, I can definitely attest to the truth of what Amala is saying about the cyclical nature of women's moods and just life kind of following that pattern. And she'd probably notice uh, that I'm not like that. And I have a much more similar disposition day in and day out. And, you know, I experience emotions, but I'm not going to conflate that with menstruating, which is literally like ovulation, yes. <laughs> which I, there's, there's, there's nothing up there in, in me. So this, the, just the length to which these people are doing mental gymnastics in order to not transgress what they think that they're supposed to say, uh, because it's been dictated to them by TikTok people, by the things they see in movies, the things they see celebrities <clears throat> say, the mainstream narrative that they see in the news or whatever it may be. Uh, they're just tiptoeing around just obvious truths and it's like it's okay guys just 
think for yourself, speak the truth. And I can't help as we're watching this, but think back to this video that's come up several times, which uh, our good old uh, granddaddy, Dennis Prager, who was on mm. Bill Maher back in, I think, what was it, 2018, 2019, and mentioned that people were going to suggest that men can menstruate. And the Bill Maher and Ronan Farrow and other people that were on this panel all started laughing at him. The audience started laughing and mocking the ridiculousness of the idea. And it's just crazy how that was hardly five, six years ago. And nowadays you have people tiptoeing around, uh, not saying what Dennis Prager said. So yeah, I'm going to actually go and try to find that clip in particular so that you guys can watch it. And just as like a general note, it would behoove you if you are a man or a woman to like keep track of how you're feeling on certain days and keep track of those changes because it is a very real thing, especially if you are a woman. And I think more recently there's been more science and, you know, you know, resources spent looking into this, more research into it. No, you know, when you're in your luteal phase, follicular phase, when you ovulate, all these different things can be important to know. And this might sound like outlandish words that we've never heard of before because we're not taught to look into these things, but look into them because they can be true signs as to how you are feeling emotionally. And it can actually take a lot of the weight out of your, your emotions if you know the biological drivers behind them. If you're feeling down at a certain period of time and you learn, oh, I'm in a phase that biologically is making me feel this way. It really does help to know these things. So to equate that with men going through mood swings and emotions or whatever, it's just not the same. In fact, it's quite an insult to women and what we go through throughout, you know, our, our 28 days to reduce it down and say, oh, well, men do the same thing. They also, you know, PMS and have mood swings just like we do. They don't. And but not to mention just the there's the emotional side and then there's also the physical side and like the period cramps are a very real thing and not something that we should you know trivialize either and that's uh, definitely a noticeable reality that females deal with that males do not yes it is and you that needs to be spoken about I, I spoke i kind of ranted a little bit when we did our whole nine to five video because this girl was complaining about working a nine to five job uh not necessarily working the job but just how how much of a culture shock it was to start doing that and we talked about this idea of women being placed in a 24-hour schedule for work and for their own success and flourishing when that's not the way that our bodies work and you can admit that while still saying yes women should have the choice of their career and work. I'm a woman who works or whatever. It's fine. But can we also talk about how our bodies are just literally not made for that? And we are, you know, meeting standards that our biology is telling us, you know, we need to get on a, a different track. Neither here nor there. Here's the clip of Dennis Prager on Bill Maher. That men can menstruate is a lie. And that is now, that is what is said. Check it out. I, I, Anyone I, I, who says a man wait, cannot wait, wait, menstruate wait, is considered transphobic. I, I, I missed this whole story. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I did. I tell, you, tell me where, so where, where are you getting it. this? Just Google it. Can men menstruate? Who, who is saying this? You're who talking saying about a very small no, percentage. Oh, really? Dennis, I remember you in the old show. You were a little more reasonable. Uh, <laughs> 
What did I say that wasn't unreasonable? You, you, the, you said you that, that we think that men menstruate yes, and no yes. one does. We no, never no. Have you heard about it? Uh, I'm a doctor. I, I missed that one, I confess. And this is one of the you, premier reporters. Missing, I mean, he knows everything. These people are very... He's a doctor. He's one of the great... I would make a friendly bet that the LGBTQ normative statement is men can menstruate. When are we ever going to circle back on that one and give our man Dennis Prager his flowers for what he said there? Nothing, nothing. And now we have videos of college students and people on the street saying that men can menstruate. And we have actual doctors, medical associations backing the idea that men can menstruate. Yet he was laughed at. And that was 2019, guys. Oh, how far we have fallen since... Then, oh my goodness. And Bill Maher himself, I mean, he, he generally takes the anti-woke bent on things these days. And I'm sure if that came up again, he would probably side with Dennis Prager. So just how crazy is that? That this is how much has society changed just in the last few years? It's nuts. Yeah, he needs to have him back on uh, or maybe on his like club random podcast, his little after hours thing that he does. And he needs to play mm -hmm. that video and he needs to talk about the fact that he was 100% wrong on that and just I can't imagine having to keep your composure when an entire audience is laughing at something that you're saying that is true the amount of just like feeling gaslit that you would feel you would, you would feel insane as you are kind of like the the jester of this whole conversation when what you're saying is true it's accurate it's literally right right there in their faces oh my gosh yeah, and we've talked about this before on on the show at different times, but we've seen over the years, like, for example, with uh, with the COVID stuff, like we had Barry Weiss come out and on Bill Maher, coincidentally, and talk about how she's done with COVID. At the beginning, she was spraying her groceries down and freaking out. But a couple of years into it, she's like, this is too much. We're going too far with all these tyrannical measures, blah, 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 blah. And we, we reacted to that video and we're like, that's great that you're saying that now, but where were you two years ago when it was more risky than when nobody was saying this, but it was obvious that we're violating civil liberties, that we're doing things that are irrational, that we're doing, wreaking economic devastation on all the, the restaurant industry and so many other things. Where were you when we were all pounding our fists on the table like Dennis Prager was in that video saying, come on, like, guys, we're, we're doing irrational things that are destroying society and going to have grievous consequences for us. And then a couple of years later, it's like you, people come out and say, oh, like uh, just again, I think on Bill Maher, it was uh, Scott. Oh, what's his last name? There's a there's a, a cultural commentator named Scott something. And uh, he was on Bill Maher and he was saying, like, I was on the, this Mike Child school board and I've advocated for harsher lockdowns back then. And, you know, I was wrong about that. And we should all just forgive each other, though. We were working on the best information that we had. And we're like, dude, so many of us were saying how crazy we're being right now. And you guys turned a deaf ear to it. Not only didn't you not listen, but you suppressed the voices that were saying anything differently, that you were getting people in the government to conspire against uh, those people with social media platforms to remove their voices from the conversation, even accredited doctors from Stanford and other places like that. It's just, sorry, I'm like getting excited and, <laughs> and going on a tangent here, but the, the idea that like you can come out years later. It just sucks that you, when you, in the moment, you have the conviction to stand for your beliefs. And then like years later, after all the devastation has been wreaked by the spread of gender ideology, by the the, the damage of lockdowns on children's education, on the economy and so on, uh, then all of a sudden 
well, now, oh, whoops. It's like, yeah. whoops. It's like, how how much better would it be if we could actually just be wise and principled from the get-go and say, let's listen to the best arguments on these things. Let's entertain free speech. Let's actually respect people's civil liberties before freaking out and do, go, jumping to all these insane measures. Like, Give me a give me a break, man. And so I, I guess I'm triggered by uh, the Bill Maher cycle that I've seen to have noticed here of the maybe more right leaning people toward the beginning of some of these things are yeah. being the canaries in the coal mine. And yet it takes actually suffering the consequences of your own bad ideas or your own open mindedness uh, before you can change. And that's just that's an unfortunate reality of the world we live in. Dude, and then they don't even say whoops. It's like it's one thing to like change your mind, which I commend you for. And you like you come forward, you know, as many did and said, ah, OK, now here is what I think or whatever. But they never go back to take accountability for what they said before it's just like a, oh well never mind uh that thing i said in the past i'm just gonna say this now and i'm gonna get applauded for it and they get applauded more than the people who are ahead of the curve it's crazy exactly. it's crazy <laughs> like, oh, it's so frustrating. like it's wild uh and you you have to at least say you know i said that thing before and now i feel this way i apologize for the thing that i did back then uh and you know Real sorry about that, G. But now I understand where you are coming from. And you know what? We'll welcome you into the club, 100%. But then it's like you just start singing the tune that everybody else is singing. And all of a sudden, you're like, it's like, oh, Bill Maher turns a, turns a corner on his ideology and how he thinks. And suddenly, he's just like the bastion of, of reason. Anyways, we're going to get into Super Chats. Uh, okay. <laughs> we're going to hear from you guys on coming this Coming down off that. All right, let me put my little bubble on here. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Um, let's see, first one that came in today. We're finding it's from Rock, Paper, Scissors. And this person says, this is me actually catching a live at the beginning for once mm -hmm. instead of the end. Hey, hey, got your notifications on. They work sometimes. They don't always work. But you if you what? got them on, you can be among the first and have your super chat read first. That's what we so. love to hear. We love to have you guys around at the beginning. <laughs> kudos rock paper scissors we added the three minute countdown now and some of y'all hate it we try to remove it after the stream goes has been live but it has to process first and takes a while but uh yep. hopefully we're trying to give you a little bit more time to to join the live before we're off and going because i know some of you join in the middle and you're like oh no i'm trying to catch up so we try. anyways uh let's see christopher alcine says i accidentally went to college and got a democrat degree and now i'm stuck now I'm going back for another degree for a gainful Democrat. employment. This isn't surprising. Oh, a Democrat degree. I wonder what it was. I it's wonder what quotes. you chose. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hey, you live, you learn. I My great-grandmother went back to school when she was 59 years old. So anybody can do it. And we applaud you for going back and getting on the right track. Yeah, my dad's closing in on finishing his Master of Divinity, and he's in his 60s. Hey. So he just started that a couple of years ago, which is really cool and really inspiring. Mm -hmm. So kudos. Um, Sutma Dude says, as a former boxer, I can vouch for how strength plays into fighting, especially when it comes to clinching and infighting. It just wouldn't be fair. Dude, are you kidding me? It's just all you have to do, I, I all you should have to do is watch one fight between two men, and uh, it should tell you all that you need to know. Watch... Watch a UFC fight between men and then watch a UFC fight between two women. And then think about the the idea that one of those men is going to go and fight one of those women. It, it just would not, it absolutely would not make sense. They would get totally destroyed, totally destroyed. 
and it wouldn't matter. Uh, they make the weight class argument. It would not matter which weight class. It just would not matter <laughs> at all. And shout out to Sub, my dude, for not insulting the 1975 for once in a super chat. So well done. <laughs> yes, we appreciate that. That's usually his stick. Yeah. Uh, Sky Dragon X77 seven, says, as a 25-year-old woman who's fit, my 13-year-old brother is stronger than me. Men and women are different. We'll never be equal, and that's okay. Yeah, dude, I saw this girl on Fresh and Fit, and she was like, they asked her, like, do you think you could win a fight? And she was maybe in her early 20s. Between you and like a 15-year-old boy. So for the most part, most part we're talking like post-puberty, 15-year-old boy. No. And she's like, yes, I could. Absolutely. I would, you know, like bring him to the ground. He would have, he would have no chance against me. I'm just like, I, it's crazy how much women underestimate the strength of men and overestimate their own strength. And I don't know how it happened. Maybe it's because it's just truly never tested. Like we just don't have examples where we actually see what they think play out, which is good because as I said, you would get destroyed. But this this overestimation of female strength and this girl bossification of the female mind is not to our benefit. It is to our detriment. You are, for the most part, not going to win a fight against a 15 year old boy and that's just that's just what it is yeah it is beneficial to have a worldview that is commensurate with reality and mm -hmm. the further away you get from that the worse off you are yeah no matter what in what domain so the the activist mentalities that distort reality to fit certain predetermined narratives are not helping anybody mm-hmm Ghosty says, late to the stream, but always excited to join. We even gave you the countdown. Okay. I'm just kidding. Um, I always find it so weird that it is mainly women who are hyping up transgenders to fight against women. I think this was before you made that point later yeah. in the stream. So you are in sync. I don't know what's what it is. They don't we don't understand that it will lead to our own demise in whatever, you know, facet we are saying that this should be included. It is to our detriment. And uh, we get the wool pulled over our eyes because we're compassionate and nurturing and we want everybody to feel good about themselves. Yeah, you can think all of those things and want all of those things while still recognizing what is reality and what is beneficial to you and what is not. And it's just not beneficial to us, no matter how good it feels. And more often than just women talking about it, it's women who, for the most part, will not be affected by the issue, who are the ones who are taking up the torch and saying, let them play sports. They've never played a sport in their life. They've never had to worry about any sort of male competitor against them. They haven't even had to worry about female competitors because they're not in, in that you know field of work. So it's always women who have just no, no sense. <laughs> Yeah, how many how many it. female boxers do you see advocating for uh, males to compete in their sport? Right, right. I'm sure there. I'm sure you could probably find one because that's the way that activism breaks people's brains. But uh, generally speaking, I don't think yeah, I think they've got a little bit better sense of things. I think I saw one girl who like went viral on X for saying she wanted to fight against Jake or Logan Paul. I forget which one it was, and everybody was just like, "Are you who? Are you dumb? Are you dumb? Of course not. Of course you are not going to be able to fight against Jake Paul." It's just ridiculous. Uh, Bernie Choi says, I'm one of the weaker men in my lifting class, but even with that, I am usually able to lift or run faster than the majority of women. And I think that says enough. It does, which is why we we separate our ourselves. You could have like women who train, you know, you could have a woman get in a street fight with a man who has no training and she's got a few years under her belt 
And guess what? For the most part, the man is going to be able to take... It's just sheer strength. Now, you can, like, tactically as a woman learn, like, tricks and, you know, play to your advantages that would help you in a situation like that. But, you know... A lot of times, um, if a man can just get you down on the ground, he's got you overpowered and there's nothing that you can do. And uh, the fact that we can't face that reality and accept that uh, is is wild to me because it helps in how you move through the world. We hope that all, all people are good people and that we're never going to have an altercation like that. But it's good to know what you're getting into and what position you're placing yourself in if something like that were to ever happen. And if you come with this like audacious view that you're stronger than all men and that they're not as capable as you are, you're just going to get proven wrong. And hopefully you don't get proven wrong in a way that's going to be actually detrimental to your to your life. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Danny Tarotis says, Hi, I wasn't able to comment last time. It was weird, but hi. I love you guys. Hello. Hope you're having a great week. Finally got some medical issues taken care of, and I'm feeling super good. Hey, we love that. You know, so often we just never think, oh, we're in a healthy body, and that's awesome. And that can be hard if you're dealing with medical struggles, and I'm glad that you are out on the other end of them, it seems. Here, here. I hate going to the doctor, and I've had to go to the doctor a lot in the last six months trying to figure out issues and stuff, and I'm mm-hmm. finally figured it out and I think I'm okay. So thank God for that. But I, I you know, clap, uh, I'm clapping with you for being over some medical issues, yeah. but definitely have more empathy now toward those who are dealing with them. So mm-hmm. uh, hot takes with Ian Isaiah or Ian Isaiah says, hi guys. So glad to catch this live. Just wanted to know your thoughts on the short ban of gays against groomers on Instagram. I know it's old news. Just wanted to know. Oh, I, didn't I didn't hear about that. I didn't hear about that. Must have been quite a short ban. I don't know. Uh, mm. Yeah, no, I think they should be allowed, uh, you know, with the protection of, you know, free speech to to do what it is that they like and talk about what they like. And uh, it's unfortunate that a lot of these social media platforms don't adhere to that. But I'm glad to hear that they're back, it seems. Yeah. Yeah, generally we're pro-free speech, so there's very little they could be posting that uh, we would agree with Facebook banning them. But, right. You know, uh, Pitlin44 says, hey, guys, I was at Google to participate in a survey and went to two separate men's bathrooms that had tampons in them. I took pictures if you want them for reference. <laughs> Tell Bill Maher that he's wrong. I feel like it's just so normalized now that when I hear news like that, it doesn't even like it doesn't phase me that that's a thing that exists now. That's crazy. Sadly, yeah, that's less scandalous than it should be. Yeah. And I think Bill Maher already knows and he's wrong. Um, but mm-hmm. whether he will own that or the extent to which he will um, not. remains to be seen, I suppose. Right. Joshua Badillo says this re- happened recently at a jujitsu tour- tournament where they did not disclose that a trans woman was competing. Hmm. That's messed up. Yeah, I wonder if the that's women even worse than going on a it. date where the person doesn't disclose they're trans. Oh yeah, I mean with Competing with the combat? outcomes that you could have, yeah, I mean the amount of injury that you could take on 
uh, especially in not knowing that you are competing against a biological man. That's just wild to me. Um, I, I wonder what the inner workings of the story are. Like, I think most trans people are clockable. So I imagine these women found out very quickly that they would be competing against a man. Did they follow through with it? If so, how did that go? I'm curious. Uh, by the way, some of y'all referenced this field hockey recently. There was a, um, a male on a female team in field hockey, and this player smashed the ball into a female competitor's face and broke her teeth, and she collapsed onto the field in pain, shrieking. So there's yet another example of the real-world consequences yep. of uh, this ideology. And it'll so. just uh, stack up. It will stack up. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Alcine again says, in New York City, you go to the Dominican or Latinos to cut your hair. And here in Tucson, my barber is Mexican and trans. If you have the skills, you get my money. Welcome to the USA. There you go. That's capitalism, yeah. baby. You know what you're doing? 100%. You get paid. Uh, Luis Bird says, gray hair is ultra frizzy, so I use hair oil before using my dryer and curling iron. Hey, okay. So we do have some people using hair oil out there, which I know. I, I Whenever I go to like the hair section in any store or whatever, there, there are hair oils for white hair. So I know some of y'all are out there using it. Uh, let's see. Dawn Demanda says, curly girls use black hair care a lot, especially mm -hmm. if we are low porosity yeah i'm 2b to 3b mix and it is a must to use some curly girls usually know yeah you get that mixed girl stuff <laughs> or that that shea moisture or cantu for all y'all with curly hair y'all know what i'm talking about <laughs> hmm. <sighs> no i just remembered the stuff i used to use that i used to go to sally beauty supply for it's called murray's pomade it's like an mm. orange tin yeah some of y'all might know that, what that is, is but I used to have product. much thicker, like Justin Bieber kind of swoopy hair when I was like in my teen years. And uh, that stuff, when I had thicker hair, really so gave funny. me the look I've I wanted. I've also used so. that before for my edges. And it was my black friends who told me about it. There so <laughs> <laughs> you go. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Crimson Fairies says, just finished Googling this hair type question just so I could answer the poll. Even as a Hispanic who has always had braids growing up, I have never heard of this. Yeah, I guess eh, I've only ever known black people that know about the, the hair type thing. So, but it, it's clearly inclusive of all races. So I'm, I'm curious as to why people don't know more about that. I think maybe our hair just requires more kind of extensive care. So it's just a, a better thing to know. I don't know. Kristen Stewart says, the younger you Kristen are, the more Stewart. you care about other people's opinion. Uh, the older you get, the more secure you are in your worth. Agreed. Yeah, you hope. You hope that's the trajectory that things go on. And that seems to be the case. Just as you get older and a little, you know, more experience under your belt, you just go, oh, why? Why would I care what other people think of me? It just comes with wisdom, I think. Jimbo says, hey, it's Jimbo showing some love from the Hello. UK. I've watched almost all of your live videos when, work from, oh. when working from home, but this is the first time catching one actually live. That is so cool. Hey, Jimbo. Welcome. We're glad to have you here, you know, live with the real deal. That's dope. The real deal. Watching from the UK. Love it. From the UK. Alex Lesher says on the topic of men having periods, now you need to watch the videos Stewie is on his period, season 20, episode 19 of Family, Family Guy. Guy. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Or maybe Nor I have. have I. I've seen a lot of Family Guy, but I just can't remember. It all kind of blends together. It's one of those shows that 
I would never know a specific episode from. Yeah, I've only seen a handful of Family Guy episodes. I have seen some clips, but uh, good, good, good reference. Good, good to reference. know. I'll check it out. Uh, Hannah Daly says, I get, <laughs> I get very bad. I'm not laughing at you. It just caught me off guard. I get very bad period cramps. It mm-hmm. comes with doctor's visits. I swear if I'm a, if a man ever tried to tell me they menstruate, I'd go off calmly, <laughs> but not having it. Right. Isn't that crazy <laughs> that they're like, this is something that they want for themselves. Like they want this. Exp- it just blows my mind a little bit. It's a little little crazy to me that somebody would claim to be experiencing that or claim to want to be uh, experiencing what women go through in that respect. Azamla says, BFFR. <laughs> Sun Sumi says, uh, or is that Sun Sumi? Like Sumi. That's mm. probably what it is. Um, I love how you do the opposite of spreading hate. Hey, it's all love, I'll baby. It. It's all love on this show. <laughs> It might be, you know, tough love, but it's all <laughs> <Yeah>. love. <laughs> Sometimes it's tough name. love. It's a good new name if we wanted to rename it. Just tough love with Amala. <laughs> uh, ZH says, I've successfully tracked my cycles for 10 years as a form of non-hormonal birth control. It's amazing to see my mood change with my biology. Yeah, it is. I don't know why it's not something that's ever discussed. Like you would think, you know, all this talk about sex education and all this stuff that there would be a discussion about how that is something that is probably beneficial to most young women uh, and, you know, women of all ages. But it's just not. Uh, but I think we're we're moving up on on that being something that's talked about more and discussed more, especially as women start to abandon birth control and they find out how horrible it is for, you know, some of their bodies. Yeah, and your point about um, the biological reality of periods, menstruation, how it affects women on a monthly basis, how that is not, com- doesn't come, isn't compatible with the nine to five work schedule. Mm-hmm. That, that rings true for me, even like since being married and being observed my wife. And do you think that like, it was the wave of feminism and that, you know, advocating for women to just be equal in the workplace, they kind of buried that reality and never didn't advocate on behalf of women to maybe have more accommodations in the workplace because of their biology uh, that got buried in the feminist way because they were just trying to insist that men and women are equal. Yeah, I mean, it does feel like it in some sense. I don't know, like we'd, we'd have to actually look and like track down people talking about it and having this discussion because I'm sure there were women during these movements who were making the point of, hey, don't y'all remember that thing that happens to us, <laughs> you know, once a mm-hmm. month and shouldn't we be able to account for that but it really does feel like that it feels like it's something that's kind of just uh suppressed not talked about not referenced but it's actually you know it's it's a driving factor in a lot of the way that we show up into the world uh, emotionally how we work how efficient we can be in the things that we're doing how much stress our body is under yeah it's just not discussed and maybe it was something that was just sort of tamped down and buttoned up because we want to be the same as men and we want to be in the same places as men so we're not going to give voice to this and i think it's very uh, we've done a very similar thing with pregnancy and motherhood we want to be in the same position as men we want to have the same careers Let's just not discuss, you know, motherhood and let's keep that tamped down. I know a lot of women who 
uh, when they go for job interviews will not say that they like want to have kids or that they have any intention of having a family down the line. And that's like something that's kind of like a taboo because, you know, it's going to possibly affect your position and how you're looked at at the company. And, and rightfully so. It's something you have to think about as an employer who's taking people on. But it's just sort of this unacknowledged reality that all women are living under with literal biological pressure and we just go oh, well we're the same as men and everything's going to be fine and we're we're girl bossing but anyways yeah yeah i, I mean I it's a good point you know you know me i'm not one of these like uh i don't like to pat people in the back and say oh yeah you you know deserve self-care days just when you're not feeling good just don't come to work today because whatever right. like right generally speaking i'm more like you know suck it up deal with it you know, right. everyone's got to do it. But I'd never considered that reality, especially since I've been married, that like women face and there's a sport, especially when you get into the, yeah, the birthing stuff. I mean, that's, I'm much more sympathetic to making accommodations in those types of arguments um, now having just thought about that. So yeah. anyway, it's just so fascinating to me that it's been something that has apparently been sidelined for some reason right and don't get me wrong i think most women can like work through whatever it is they're going yeah. through and if you were a stay-at-home mom who was going through the same thing you'd be working through it too it's just it's something to acknowledge that is happening mm -hmm. <laughs> it just goes unacknowledged for some reason for sure uh okay faux lady says who knew that when my kindergarten teacher sang us i'm a little teapot she effed us up for life wait what I don't remember the lyrics to I'm a little teapot, which yeah, is the what, problem. What, what's I'm in a little there? Is there teapot, something about short and stout. Here is my handle. Here is my spout. Uh, what? Hold on. What are the other lyrics? You know, put it in the chat. <laughs> I'm a little teapot. Mm. Okay, I'm going to look it up. Sorry, guys. Taking a minute. Here's my handle. When I get all steamed up, hear me shout. Tip me over and pour me out. I'm still remain confused, but mm -hmm. you let me know in the comments. I'm like thinking steamed up. Is that supposed to be suggestive? I don't know. Yeah, I don't I know. Might is it be about emotions? Here. I don't know. We're getting in the weeds. We are getting in the weeds. Yeah. We tried. We tried. We tried. We Your super chat was not in vain. <laughs> <laughs> Maidan Haidar says, hi, looking back, do you think that Obama was one of the best or perhaps the least bad president of America? Also, did you watch House of Cards? Did I watch? No, I have not seen House of Cards, uh, but I do hear that is a very good show. Um, I don't view Obama fondly, uh, other than the fact the only good thing that I can think about is like, oh, yeah, he was a really charismatic guy. And I feel like, you know, had a good personality. But I don't really think about his presidency in like, a, oh, he was such a wonderful president or, or see it in, in such a wonderful light. It's, to the best of my knowledge, he did a lot of uh, not not great things when he was president but yeah i don't i oh god oh, no, go for it i don't really bother all that much with uh with obama or like thinking about his his administration but i would say com in comparison to the presidents that came before and after him i guess i view him quite neutrally <laughs> i don't know i recently uh, was on twitter and saw a video of tom soul being interviewed and someone asked him uh, who do you think the worst president was? And he, he said, Obama. said Obama. He said even more. The guy was like, not James Buchanan, Woodrow Wilson, Jimmy Carter. And mm -hmm. he was like, no, Obama. And I didn't. It was just that part of the clip. So I didn't. I would love to to hear Tom Sewell's reasoning on that because I just respect him so much. Um, but I can't help but notice 
uh, and I tweeted about this recently, but just the, that, the window of when the identity politics and the bad uh, sort of ideology that we're all plagued with these days, uh, the window of time in which that came to be, the window of time in which in my own personal life, mm. I stopped thinking that America and the world was becoming a better place and started thinking that this we, we were somehow getting further away from what we wanted. That kind of happened in the, I call it 2007, 2008 into like 2013 range, which happens to be during Obama's presidency. Right. I'm not going to say that Obama himself was the, you know, harbinger of doom and he was the thing that brought this into to war but uh i think there was a lot of identity politics introduced under his under his reign and the way that he handled racial stuff he, he had a smiley face and was very charismatic and he made people mm -hmm. feel good but there was like a ideological shift that coincided with with his presidential years so i wonder if that's if tom soul would agree that that maybe is is part of uh why he thinks that he was not a great president. Yeah, it just shows how powerful uh, public image is as well, because a lot, a lot of people view Obama extremely fondly, and it's because he's just so charismatic and so good on, on camera and so relatable and, and down to earth in the way that he talks and communicates. But, I mean, he carried out a shit ton of drone strikes and, you know, had, a, you know, a whole issue with immigration in this country. There's a lot of things that... but. But here's the thing. I also don't give too much weight to the president themselves because right. there's so many other factors at play. And we view 100%. things that happen and go, well, this happened under Obama or like Obama is responsible for it. And that's actually, I think, a trick uh, within the system that keeps us pretty complacent is that we view things that happen as part of larger institutional problems and larger like corruption. And we just equate it with Obama or we equate it with Biden or Trump or whoever, when in reality, they are one person who probably doesn't have nearly as much sway over what happens in this world as we think that they do. So that's why I say I view them neutrally because you're kind of just like a, a figurehead who's going to take on, you know, whatever position is dictated by the larger institution itself or the, the swamp, as some call it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's an important point as well. Uh, Jimmy Mapes says, thanks for teaching me about hair numbers. My wife is black and I'm white. I never knew after 20 years. She Ooh. only lets her sister do her hair. It's a challenge. Oh, you should do, you should do, you know, like when you're, you're dating somebody who speaks another language and they like secretly learn how to say a few things in their, their language and surprise them with it. You should surprise your wife with knowing what her, what her hair pattern is. <laughs> go, <laughs> go say you did some learning on black hair. I'm sure she would be charmed. <laughs> yeah, get her like a gift box that has, just has a piece of paper inside. That's like, I learned what your hair type yeah, is. Yeah, <laughs> you learned your 4, 4C hair, maybe if that's what she has. That's funny. Uh, Dr. Swain says, I wonder if you ever feel the gaslight when dealing with these gender theory activists. And if so, how do you deal with that? Oh, you just go. You just go on about your day. You just go, OK, that's how you feel right now. And hopefully that'll change. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But, you know, I'll be here to state my opinion. If you want to have a real conversation, I'm here for that conversation. I don't put too much weight on you know, the back and forth of, of a conflict with any particular individual because it really as much as it matters in the moment and you could feel like such strong emotions towards what somebody is saying to you, it doesn't matter all that much. <laughs> so you just don't don't let it have the weight that you think it should have, if that makes sense. 
Brisky says, I was watching one of your videos the other day of someone being misgendered and my six-year-old sister said, but that's obviously a boy. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Kids know what's up, man. They know, they know up and down for the most part until you like educate that, educate that out of them. If we can call it that, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, wasn't there's like that trans teacher that was had the kids and the puppet and he was like, sometimes I feel like a boy. And then they was like, but you're but but the puppet's a girl. And the kids just called her out. They're just straight up. They're straightforward, man. Kids know for the most part. And they're not afraid to say what they what they think or what they think they know. Out of the mouths of babes, as they say. Uh, Caitlin Button Art says, hi from Australia. I can't believe I caught you live. Love your show. Guys, not all of us Aussies are crazy leftists, I promise. We know that. You know what? My So my boyfriend is from Sydney and his, uh, you know, family's here visiting now. So I'm meeting a lot of very reasonable Australians in my in my time here. And it's it's all very good. There's a lot of there's a lot of really good Australians out there. <laughs> Australians. I'm scared to go there now, though, after how y'all handle COVID. Oh, so oh, well. I think you'd be fine. <laughs> Uh, I'm bringing my guns. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Kaiden Johnston says, Hi, Amla and Taylor. First time making it to a live stream. Love the show. I've learned so much from y'all. Women and men are created different. Mm, thank you. I'm glad that you like the show. Glad we're learning. What did you guys learn today? Did you learn anything? I imagine the hair conversation might have been enlightening for, for some. <laughs> yeah, I learned a lot on today's show. So we're, we're learning together. <laughs> Uh, Morty says white culture struggles to teach their kids how to care for curly hair. Last year, I learned through black culture how I'm 23. Now my hair is thick, healthy, shiny, and not frizzy. I'm a 2CA3. See, there you go. Sometimes. Sometimes you have to go, you know, uh, dip into another pool to figure out what's going on in your own life. And with curly hair, black people, for the most part, know where it's at and uh, how, how to deal with that. Keep you looking shiny uh, and new. How long until the LGBTQIA plus 2S starts adding 2CA3 to the <laughs> end of the acronym? Start advocating they for your 2C rights. Hair diversity. <laughs> hair uh-huh. diversity. Get your pronoun pins. Tragicistan. Get your hair type next to that. Mm-hmm. You have the more oppressed categories of hair versus the non-oppressed. Shit's Just already wait. a thing, basically. Uh, Lillian says also the likelihood that a trans man actually has a healthy and viable menstruation of slash ovulation question mark, uh, with the diet choices and behaviors that come along with these gender beliefs plus wrong home hormones, BFFR. Right. Love you, Amala. Exactly. It's just a mess. We're in a mess, guys. And I don't know Get who's going to clean it up, but somebody's got to do it. And Maddie Kim says, so... If men can menstruate, what about pregnancy? As a critical care nurse, I can say that there is no safe way for a man to give birth if there was a hypothetical bodily exit. Baby would suffocate. Yeah, you know, I imagine there's somebody somewhere working on how they can get trans women to be able to get pregnant. Uh, And to that person, I don't know what to say to you at this point. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, But yeah, I bet somebody's working on it. Is it going to happen within our lifetimes? Maybe. And that poor, poor child. Cosmic Stars says, uh, I noticed when trans women look over the term women or took over the term woman and lesbian, they just shoved actual women away and made them 
make a whole new term for lesbian, sapphic, uh, to pander to the trans. Ridiculous. Yeah, I've been seeing people who refer to themselves as sapphic these days. I have not seen that yet. Yeah, I see it everywhere now, which is so weird. And I'm like, okay, why, what is this new term and why? You're a lesbian. Um, and which does not make sense to me. But again, you know, words are going to change and shift and new things are going to be taken on. But yeah, I have noticed that, which is really strange now that you mention it. So women are cis women, lesbians are sapphic, just have to yeah. keep inventing new terms for normal things that, you know, accommodate this new ideology. Great. Uh, Hannah D says, my white daughter has 4B hair type and I'm still figuring out how to manage her hair mm-hmm. and she's about to be 10. It's a long learning process. Yeah. Maybe I need to make, maybe my side hustle is going to be making uh, hair videos for, for parents that are struggling with kids that have a different hair type that they're not used to. Because I can get y'all, y'all's curls under control. <laughs> seems to be a demand for it yeah, honestly. i guess so it's it's an unthought of problem typically i'm a luck kenobi 2.0 says i'm black and i didn't even know about the hair categories good to know i'm a 4a and 4c thanks you. amla and tyler learning something new every day <laughs> should also learn my name is Taylor. Taylor. I think it's happening on purpose now at this point. I think yeah, at this maybe. point it's, it's, it's on trolling me. <laughs> it's fine. But we're glad you're here. It's fine. <laughs> uh, RP Awareness Month, a.k.a. Alex, says, Hey there, gang. Look, I look out for certain hairstyles because then I wonder, does she like the 1975 oh, band? If it's a it yes, is. then I pull a Houdini real quick. Well, guess what? Their their fans are multicultural, Alex. So good luck. Jokes on you, because there's lots of big booty Latinas there and Asian <laughs> exactly. girls that you're missing out on. Because exactly. we know that's what you're going that's, for. Yeah, we know that. Uh, Sarah Nguyen says, I w- wish a man would tell me they have periods, rolls eyes and smacks lips. I would be so mad. Yeah, I just don't know. I don't know how I would react to that. I would just be like, that's enough for today. And wherever I was, I would just head home. <laughs> it's just enough think, for me. Oh, God. That's it. Oh, I was going to say, I think this is our last one from Hannah Daly. Or da- Daly? Yeah. I think I've been saying daily for the last week. I'm sorry. Sorry, girl. Um, but Hannah Daly says, peace, love, and hair grease. Peace, love, and hair grease. I know that's Great right. Great way to end it. I know that's right, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching the show. We hope that this was informative. Let me know, should I do more shows like this in the future where we just get into, you know, different topics that we don't normally talk about? For me, this was very fun, a very fun, wholesome experience. You let me know in the comments down below. As always, I encourage healthy debate. So if you disagree, duke it out, but do so respectfully. And if you like this stream, like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single time we're live. That's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern, and whatever time it is, wherever you are in the world right now, for all of our international brothers and sisters. Guys, thank you so much for watching. And I will see you tomorrow with a video about Mr. Beast building wells in Africa. There's a lot to discuss and a lot to unpack. So I will see you then. Bye, guys.